Hello and welcome to Bottled Up on a mission to create conversations and make the mental health of men a top priority. You're joined by myself, Sunny, and Mayank, close friends from university who want to share the stories of everyday people on our platform. The reason? Because we are not alone. Before we kick this conversation off, thank you for tuning in and listening. If you haven't already, it would be awesome if you could rate, review, and follow our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your conversations. It makes a huge difference to our reach with these awesome guests and potentially life-saving conversations. And if you haven't just yet, it takes 20 to 30 seconds to leave us a review and would help us out massively. Thank you again and buckle up for another great conversation. Yeah, well, I'll, I think I think the ice is a good question. That's a good question to start things off. So, um, so Shiragi, so you and I, we've, we've met before. Um, you and I, have, we've played uh, against each other, actually, at the, at the, at the famed uh, St. Yeah. Columns Cricket Premier League. Um, Sunny and Sunny Shinaka, obviously, you, you two have both met um, in our previous call as well. And Shinaka, you're also friends with the one and only Minhas, Minhas Chowdhury, <laughs> um, who is the head who is the uh, head physio at Pump and Click. He was actually a guest on the show as well in our, in our, in our very first season. So can you just tell us in in under two minutes, just keep it to two minutes, mate, why you love him? <laughs> He's definitely put you after this. <laughs> uh, Minzer and I have been really, really good mates for 14, no, it's probably 16 years now. Um, so we, we went to high school together at Melbourne High. Uh, he nice. met him in year 10 and we were in the same class in year 11. <clears throat> and to be honest, we were both... Not the most studious of kids, and <laughs> I, I think we bonded over that. Uh, we both had a bit of a rebellious streak, uh, and in school, I think we, yeah, we, we enjoyed that kind of friendship at a pretty uh, studious school like Melbourne High. We we kind of enjoyed, mm. yeah, appreciating that difference within ourselves, and then we stayed in touch. Mm. So after I went to Tassie to do med, um, came back, and we're still part of the same group of friends. And the way the journey's blossomed is essentially um, we've stayed connected, but we've shared elements of our own mm. story. So you know, I've, I've started mm. my own business and gone down that path and he's done the same thing. And it's exactly, been a really exactly. nice way to appreciate um, you know, that, that journey with each other. There's aspects mm. where I really understand the challenge of doing something like that and the courage it takes. Um, mm. And seeing the way he's done it so successfully has been amazing. So mm. a really healthy yeah. respect, but... And camaraderie, but a nice brotherhood in mm. that as well. So much. He's in. He got engaged recently, actually. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> plug, uh, plug yeah. episode nine, exploring the mind-body connection with Manas Chowdhury. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Manas Chowdhury. Yeah. yeah. Did you know what he said? It was actually after that podcast. He said, um, "That was probably one of the best podcasts I've done, but it's also the only podcast that I've done." So, <laughs> so it's it's a very it's a very uh, cheeky little feedback that I got from him. Which yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's um, it's it's like wedding season at the moment. I think um, when, I, when I'm on my when I'm on my Instagram at the moment, everyone's getting getting married. So, so it's actually very really fortunate that you guys actually got that that one month window. Time. One of the things that I've one of the things that I've observed at the wed- at, at these weddings is how like grown up people are. Like it's such an adult thing to have that kind of commitment, and especially someone who's yeah. you know twenty four is is sort of in between that age where you're not young, but you're not also you're not not an adult as well. Like you're not yeah. fully grown into it, so you're kind of stuck between like two like age groups, I guess. 
And I feel like one of the questions that I had, particularly for, from, from you getting married and, and obviously the, I guess you've been, you've been married for, you know, um, like six, around six months now or, yeah, or just under a year. year. Yeah. Oh, just hit a year. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Awesome. Um, by two, man. You forgot to yeah, multiply by two. <laughs> multiply by two, multiply by two. Did you, did you have any kind of like outside pressures or expectations from family and friends to get married at, you know, at a particular age? Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't, I don't think so. And I think it kind of panned out that way <clears throat> because there were, there were a lot of external pressures for other things when I was younger, which I can get into if you guys want later. But I think after a certain point, I think, yeah, my family kind of laid off in, in a lot of ways in terms of how I lived my life, which I'm, which I'm really grateful for. Um, but if anything, it was more a pressure I'd placed on myself. Mm. Yeah. And I think mm. I had kind of told myself, okay, you know, this is what I want to do. And I couldn't figure out the exact timeline of it. And that was a question I had at the back of my mind. Is that something I go into sooner or later? And luckily I've got a pretty decisive partner. So she made it pretty, <laughs> pretty clear to me what she was hoping for. Uh, and, yeah, and that helped yeah. me make my decision. <laughs> That's so good. Very well said. Yeah. Um, in, in our, so the shifting gears, Shinaka, like a couple of months when we uh, connected, I feel like it, that, that was definitely a couple of months ago, wasn't it? That was like, it was like months, yeah. yeah. Um, you mentioned how like you, um, you know, before you met the beautiful partner that you're with right now, you're with someone else. And, and that was quite a long-term relationship as well. And one of the things that come out of that, um, you know, we haven't really covered a conversation around relationships and breakups and everything like that, that comes with it. But um, you're in a happy place right now, but, you know, a couple of years ago, um, not sure exactly what the timeline is. Um, you came out of that long-term relationship and there were certain circumstances that surrounded that with your, your ex-partner. And so, how did you sort of go about like um, re rebuilding yourself and building the trust again to be vulnerable and authentic um, with your now partner? Because that, that recovery time takes a while. And if you want, I'm happy for you to take it away and kind of share some of those details and, and sort of the context and the space and the mindset that you were in uh, at that point in time. Yeah, that, that, that's an awesome question. Um, yeah, so I think the, the context is after I finished high school, um, I oh towards the end of high school basically towards the end of year 12 I started seeing someone and that was really the first relationship I'd say I'd ever been in um and similar-ish for her as well so I think it was really exciting you know the first time you're really experiencing something like that uh so the start was amazing um it ended up going for about seven years. So really long relationship, actually, even, even longer than the one I'm in at the moment. Uh, when, when you look at it just in the space of time, uh, which is yeah. in itself kind of interesting, I, I find. Mm. Uh, but I think, I think in those late teens and, and even early 20s, a big part of, for me, what it was, was really discovering who I am and what it is I enjoy and, and resonate with and what it is I don't. And of course, that wisdom perhaps comes a little bit later um, so it was a huge roller coaster, so many mm. ups and downs. And uh, I, I would call it more a relationship of dependency than you know, a, a flourishing relationship of mm. um, complementary people supporting each other through life. Um, and that's of no real fault of either person. That's just the stage of life we were both in. So, yeah, you know, essentially towards those seven years, it was getting a little bit harder. <clears throat> We'd done a lot of time long distance when. I went to Tassie to do med 
she went to Sydney to do med and it was a lot of back and forth in that sense. Uh, but I think we just started to drift apart as people, um, mm. meeting new people, starting new chapters. And I didn't see any of this at the time, but you know, long story short, it ended in, in a fairly ugly way. Um, and a few months after that, I, my younger brother actually passed away as well. So that was, yeah, uh, definitely one of the hardest periods of my life because I was processing the loss of that, uh, the, the mm. loss of the relationship. And I, I was still in a state of confusion as to the idea that I didn't want it to end. I was still mm. kind of holding on to it. And then, you know, I, I lost my brother and that was immediately put into context with, with the loss of a family member like that. Um, but at that time I was about 24 and I was nowhere near as emotionally aware as I am now. And, and so a lot of the feelings associated with both of those, um, difficult experiences, I, I kept contained and bottled up, which is why I, I love the name because I think it resonates so much for so many people. Uh, and I think all human beings to different degrees do that, um, yeah, and, and for a long time, I would say at least six months, I tried to put up this face of I'm okay, I'm doing fine, I'm moving on with my life. And I, I never really allowed myself to actually feel the loss of that, right, of, of either of the two things, to be honest. Um, yeah, so for me, I think what happens when you keep those emotions locked away and, and bottled up and you don't look at them, uh, I, I think they start to fester and, and they come out in other ways um and, and i think there's this repetitive cycle that tends to take place uh and it, and it really starts to dig its roots into feelings like shame and guilt blame all, all of those things were emotions i was holding on to very deeply uh thinking that i wasn't enough and that's why that relationship ended i didn't appreciate my brother enough in the time that i had him i hadn't been a good enough brother in the time that i had him all those kinds of experiences kind of led me to create this identity internally uh, of, I don't think I was enough as a person. And externally, I, I tried to compensate for that a bit too much on the other end of things by achieving for the sake of achieving. I got really caught up in my work, um, you know, started to dive into that. And, and you know, I, I was pretty successful, but it meant nothing if, if I'm honest. Yeah. Uh, so that, that was absolutely the, the toughest time of my life. And I think it pretty much culminated, um, if I was to capture it in, in one experience where I literally started to just contemplate what's the point of it. Um, yeah, like there was, there was one night basically where I couldn't really, I was kind of just sitting there in my own room and I was wondering, it, it just sucks. <laughs> and I, I think that was kind of the first time where I really allowed myself to look at a little bit of it. It was kind of like just letting a little bit of that come through. And I was like, yeah, no, nah, I'm not ready to do that. Mm -hmm. um, but that's when I started to ask those kind of questions. It's like, wh what's the point of it if it's as hard as it is? Yeah. And that's probably only when I started to have an honest look at those emotions was I able to start to work through them and that's been a long journey um mm. but i think that's where things start to look up a little bit personally mm. yeah. yeah you're gonna go uh, yeah 
Oh, no, no. I was just going to say, um, Shania, yeah, thank you so much for, for sharing that. Um, and I think, and I remember in our, in our catch up a couple of months back, you mentioned how, you know, tragedy, tragedy and adversity shapes has shaped the person you've become today. Yeah. Um, and I think you, you've definitely, and in, in that, in that story that you've, that you've told us about yourself, I mean, the, the, obviously there were two very big, um, tragedies and, and, and adversity that you face, of course, with the, with the passing of your brother and, um, the ending of that, um, that long-term relationship. Um, and I guess like, and then it'll, I guess how that all culminated into that one night where you just sort of asked, you know, you know, what's the point of it all? And I think it's at those points where, you know, this idea of acceptance is so, is so important. So once, yeah. people, as once you've accepted, you know, where you are at your lowest point, then I guess you can sort of like find like strength and, and, and sort of build from that, that very low base to whatever you want, really. I mean, yeah. like once you've just, once you've just accepted and not fight what's, what's happening to you, then like, you know, you can just build from there. Yeah. Yeah. Now that the, the word acceptance definitely resonates because I think it's, it's a very healing sort of quality. Um, mm. I think most of the challenges fighting with how you feel or, or not being willing to look at how you feel or accept how you feel. Um, mm. But yeah, just that presence with it, that accepting presence with emotions is really the foundation of well-being. So I, I definitely mm. agree with that. Yeah. <clears throat> and when, um, I guess when it all happened, especially with the breakup first, because that was the, the first event that took place. Did you, how, how did it kind of hit you when, when that kind of took place? Like, I think so, so much of us, when it happens, we, there's always that denial stage. I think that's very common yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, with a lot of things. And you still, you're still like, you're stuck in that world of what could be um, yeah. and what could have been planned and everything like that. So at that point in time, like two questions here is like, kind of how did that play out for yourself there? Um, and then I guess with all the events that took place, it's the weird thing with mental health. It's like, sometimes you don't even give thought to it. You don't, you don't build on the tools. You don't work on yourself, but when these things happen, you're kind of forced with only that option where you kind of need to start looking up, accepting the things, um, building your own bank of tools and, uh, methods to deal with the madness that's going on, um, you know, within your own head. So, um, was that the first time you kind of consciously started looking at, um, like actually acknowledging your own mental health or was it always something you're quite conscious about even, you know, in the years prior? Nah, d definitely not. Um, to, to be honest, I don't think I gave it enough attention until years afterwards, mm. actually. <laughs> um, but looking back on it, I, I was definitely experiencing it because I think, yeah, I, I'm a very sort of idealistic person as a whole. So I idealize what things could be a lot and, and that drives a sense of optimism in me so uh you know when it comes to the relationships i have i, I idealize that the per, the potential of them and um the depth that they could go to so when that relationship ended to be honest it literally felt like literally the fabric of my reality was crumbling because i had idealized so far ahead uh an entire life that i'd mapped out with this person and, and the way we would spend it together um which i think is fine as long as you're not uh attached to it right mm -hmm. um but I, I definitely was attached to it so when that reality basically started to 
well, when, when the relationship ended, I was in so much denial because of that, that I was trying really hard not to let it go. Um, and, and, and that's where it actually, yeah, it turned a bit ugly on, on both sides. Um, but yeah, I think there's a valuable lesson in that. And I spent a lot of time in uh, quite a lot of pain and anguish. Uh, anxiety was a really big challenge throughout that time because the projection of the future I'd made up in my mind wasn't there anymore. Uh, and I think when a gap like that comes in where you, you've created stability for yourself in the future and then it's taken away, uh, I, I think that's what manifested anxiety for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was, that was really hard. Mm -hmm. I think it's been a long journey where I've learned to find the balance between retaining that sense of enthusiasm and that optimism for what lies ahead but being okay if it pans out differently. Yeah. Like expectation uh, and, versus optimism. Yeah. Mm. And, and I think there's an attitude of faith in it as well. Uh, mm. it's like I, I, I'm okay knowing that it will never pan out exactly as I think it will or hope it will, but I think it always ends up panning out for the better eventually. Mm. Yeah. 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 There's, um, we know one of, uh, one of Manx and um, our friends, Mank and I, one of our close friends, he, often says that, you know, you can kind of plot people like a Y and X axis. One is like people, um, people that care and people that just want to know, like people and like people that just want to know. So the idea behind it is like some people are, don't really care, but just want to know what happened. Whereas some people really yeah, yeah. care and really want to know. And then you've got the inverse as well um, with all that. And so yeah. How did you go about sharing your story with people, knowing that you know some people are just in it to hear the goss, um, you know, talk behind your back, um, or just know what happened without actually deeply caring about the emotions and the two people that were in it? Um, mm. And I think it's a it's a broader question around um, friends and how we yeah, yeah. how we how we lean on our friends' shoulders and um, yeah, that whole world because it's really hard to tell who's actually in it to you know. Yeah. offer some support and guidance yeah 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 I, I love that question because i think i mean just, just a quick side note but it's it's interesting that um the question that we started with today the icebreaker was a question around death and i was having a really deep conversation with uh, my partner Ariba and one of my good mates louis yesterday about death as well um mm. and i think what we were basically saying is death is the greatest teacher um, in all of life, right? Because it's only when you experience it that you start to see, oh, okay, well, that's why we live life in a certain way. But it also shows us what's real and what's not. Um, and so I guess what I mean by that is when that happened, um, you know, death in of itself is a pretty, uh, tragic event mm. in the eyes of most people, but especially when it's someone who's really young, you know, my brother was 20 when, when we lost him. Um, and, and we've got a pretty big Sri Lankan community. That was a pretty, like that, that hit hard, I think for a lot of people. Um, and I think the reality of death and the fact that it can uh, take anyone was a big thing. <clears throat> so there was so many people who um, you know, were literally at our house within hours uh, like I'm talking hundreds, by the way, mm. which was actually quite overwhelming. Um, mm. And I, I, to be honest, just wanted a bit of privacy, especially at the start. Um, 
but I think in saying that over time, they just kept coming. They kept giving us food. They just kept being there as a, as a sense of presence. Um, and there was definitely the two sides of it, of, of what you're describing there, Sunny. There was definitely people, I think, who were more there from a social, either a social etiquette point of view or just a little bit of a um, over-inquisitive sort of perspective. And I think that was quite clear because it was even more clear who was just there mm. because they could see we needed support. Um, and I think that was the first time that really opened my eyes. And I was like, whoa, like so many people have just come here, have dropped everything. Like, like especially my mates from school, some really close family friends and uh, friends th- to this day that I just see as siblings because of that time. They dropped everything. They took days off work. They <laughs> spent time at my house and stayed over. And their single intention was just to make sure that I would be able to get through this. Um, and, and same for my my parents and, th- and their friends as well. So I think an experience like that shows you very, very clearly who the people who really care about you are mm-hmm. because it's when it counts that that clarity comes. Um and to this day, like, I'll never forget that level of um, support and compassion that I was shown. And I think that's what showed me what true compassion actually is. Yeah. Mm. Um, my, uh, yeah, unfortunately, my, yeah, my, my granddad, unfortunately, he passed away last Saturday, or I think, I think it was two Saturdays ago now, I think. And one of the, I guess, like, one of the things that sort of came out of that, and there's so much to unpack with what you just said there, Shonak, I guess, one of the, maybe just sort of, sort of focus on the first half of what you said said first and then i'll go focus on the second half but i feel like when you said that you know um i guess like going back to our very first question that we asked you today around um if you could live forever would you um it was a moment um where you know i was i was at i was at my i was i was sort of joined virtually to my granddad's um funeral and where and it was an open casket and i could see i could literally just i could see him and it, it sort of it sort of came to this really weird moment where like you've seen this person live their entire life and then, and you can still see the machine. You can still see the body there, but it's like, there's, it's like, there's no one at home. Like it's like a, it's a really weird like feeling and a really weird kind of experience. And also like a, a very kind of, scary experience and that like you know it just looks like there's nothing there's nothing there like there's i mean all you've got is just the shell that's that's remaining which sort of puts everything into context around you know there's there's nothing at the end like what we're in right now there's that's all that remains is just just the shell so it really just give provides context as to what i guess like the really important things in life are and i think like I'm not going to compare my experience to your experience because, of course, they were very, very different. But what I would say is that it's particularly after, and I guess the realizations that you have after it are very, very yeah. uh, somewhat similar. Hmm. Oh, no, I was just, just going to say a quick one, but I really like the point that you're making about it's the realizations after that mm. are really profound. I mean, what we were mm. talking about with depth yesterday is, I mean, for me, it's I would honestly say I don't think I truly appreciated a single relationship in my life until after I lost my brother, because the epiphany was basically, I will lose everyone, whether it's my own death or, or the death of those around me, 
every single person I know, I will one day lose, right? No, nothing is uh, a permanent relationship. And it's in the acceptance of that, that you can make sure you honor those friendships and those relationships. And the relationship with my parents deepened so much because I was like, okay, I genuinely don't have eternity yeah. with them, right? Yeah. Um, and, and especially as you get older, you actually have less time to spend with them. So yeah. it could literally be, I have a hundred interactions left with them, for yeah. example, right? Yeah. Um, and, and when you start to really appreciate the reality of that, the, the small disputes and arguments seem just so unnecessary and, and you, you don't give it energy anymore, right? Mm. I, I think love is something that blossoms in, in that type of realization. Um, so the, the, the way to prioritize time, uh, the, the relationships to nurture, uh, sense of purpose, I, I think all those things come with that type mm. of epiphany because you just realize the temporariness of all of it. Mm. And even like just the fact that like, and you guys, I think you can just realize that we're actually just so fortunate just to exist in the first place. Like, I think like the fact that once we're like, you know, the, you know, this idea of death and the idea of passing and how it can happen so quickly um, and how it can happen at any point in time, literally in the next hour, because we don't know what's going to happen in the future, right? Yeah. And it's just like, it just, it just gives you a bit more like gratitude to like, just be a bit more, just say like, hey, look, I'm actually so like fortunate just, just to exist at the moment, like just just to just be. And it's just yeah. like, I think that's one of the, one of the realizations that you that you can kind of have, and it it kind of I guess it kind of goes back to one of your one of your big philosophies, Shinaka, and um and in a couple of other conversations, and even in that catch up, you mentioned it as well. It's how you can find strength in your in your I guess like your lowest points. Are you able to maybe like sort of explain that sort of idea to us and and sort of provide some context around that and how you sort of came to that kind of realization? Hmm. Yeah. So. I think you've I think you've captured it really well. I think that I mean if this is a bit more of a, an analogy, but if there was something you wanted from life, let, let's say you wanted to uh, understand what strength is, and and you wanted to understand what courage is, or you want to understand what resilience is, would life just give you a bottle of resilience that you can use whenever you want, or would it give you? opportunities throughout your life where you can cultivate it and know what it is because of your own experiences mm. and i think the way we develop our character is through having these things uh happen to us and, and having these experiences in life because without those things we would never cultivate those qualities so i think um how can we cultivate strength and courage and resilience and perseverance without those challenges, right? And I think um, for me, the, the more I kind of contemplate these things, the more I realize it's because of the hardships that I have the quiet strength that I know I have in certain moments of challenge. I, I can lean on the fact that I endured something as heartbreaking as losing my brother and that gives me a sense of fortitude when it comes to being nervous about, you know, going to a meeting, for example, right? Mm-hmm. Or like we all, we all have these little moments of challenge or uh, anxiety or, or whatever it might be. But the knowledge that I was able to push through something as hard as it may have been is actually what does give me the strength. 
Uh, and so I, I always think about that. I think life happens for us. And, and the more we can align to a perspective of that nature, uh, the more we can take all the lessons. Like the, the lessons are there, whether we see it or not. But if we can see it, we can use it. Uh, and I think that that's really the most important thing. It's it's so easy uh, to to empower the victim in us, right? I and I did that for a long time. I was like, I, I lost my brother, and I'm a victim at, of that circumstance. And it's okay. It's okay to have those feelings. Um, but at a certain point, I think it's really important to, to find a place of, yes, that happened. And yes, that was so difficult. And it's because of that, that I am who I am. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so that, that, that's what I think. And I think it stays with you forever. That, that's my belief. <laughs> you know, Shanaka, if, if you're comfortable sharing, like what was, um, you know, obviously with your brother, did you notice like signs leading up to, you know, what eventually happened um, and kind of what life was like before and after? Um, you know, we talked a little bit about how you were dealing with things and it, yes, I imagine there's still elements of it that you're still processing maybe in some way or form or, you know, that you get reminded about it, but what life was like before and like, you know, celebrating his life that was. Yeah, yeah. I think, hmm. I think the biggest thing is, I, I think the biggest epiphany for me, and if I think about my parents as well, everyone's processed it a little bit differently, and and I think is still processing it, uh, in in their own ways, and I, I can't. I think it's much easier for me than as a parent having to lose a child, I think, I think that is a more difficult challenge. Um, but I think for me, it was really a sense of disappointment in myself at the start. I was like, Oh, you know, like as an older brother, um, I, I guess an expectation you place on yourself is being there, um, for your younger siblings. Right. And, uh, hoping to, help them in their own journey through life. And then having that loss, I think really hits you. And it's like, well, I, I think I failed as an older brother. And it's at that point in time, I think it's the ultimate failure because it's the relationship that you feel most responsibility towards um, as an older sibling. Uh, so that for me, that's how it felt. I think that was the big challenge of the loss. Um And I think for my parents, especially my dad, that was that was and is still the greatest challenge mm. on it, that feeling of failure as a parent. Um, I think with time, you have to reconcile that. You, you can't wallow in that um, because you can't win that battle is, is what I think. You, you can't, mm. yeah. And when I say you can't win that battle, it's, it's not a battle worth fighting is I think the point I'm trying to make. Uh, the, the conclusion you come to is you did the best you knew how to do with the information you had at, at the time and, and with who you were at that time. Uh, hindsight's a 2020 thing, as we know. Uh, so, of mm. course, when you look back on something, there's all these what ifs and, and things that you could have done. But I think you just have to let it go. And it's only once you do that that celebration can happen. Celebration is the ability is and see the beauty in it. 
Um, so it's only once I kind of forgave myself. Well, the, the forgiveness was basically having to forgive myself and seeing that I did the best I could do as, as an older brother and having the relationship I had with him. And then eventually actually forgiving myself for thinking I should have done better. Mm. It's like mm. that, that was the, towards the latter end of it. That was mm. actually the true forgiveness. And it was a forgiveness towards myself. Yeah. It was like, how could you think so lowly of yourself? I'm sorry to myself. Mm. It was, was basically the latter end of that. Um, and then I think once you come to peace with that, uh, with yourself, you, once you come to peace with yourself, I think you can appreciate whoever it is for whoever they are. Um, and, and I've actually had so many like really young memories come mm. back. Um, like literally like the days of when he was first born, I've, I've had those memories come back in pure joy. Mm. Um, it's like, oh, like 20 years might not sound like enough, but if you pay attention enough, it's plenty. Yeah. Mm. And there's nothing but gratitude for having that amount of time to have had him in my mm. life. Uh, so it ends up not being a sense of loss it ends up being a sense of real fullness because you're able to go back to those moments and those memories and appreciate them to a greater depth, a far greater depth mm. um, because it's not there mm. anymore. Mm. Yeah. So I think another principle is there's never really a loss actually. Mm. It's, it's only the sense of loss only adds depth to the fullness of mm. what was there. I, yeah. You touched on a like a, and I mean, firstly, very well said. Um, I, I completely agree with you, especially around the idea of like, you know, the battles you choose to fight and the battles you choose to accept. One of the things that came out in, in what you're saying, and I might not be able to articulate it <laughs> correctly, but um, we have all these different memories that take place in our life and our color of the world, our perspective of the world um, helps us attribute the right level of depth to something. It's like you know being married or um, you know going overseas or whatever it might be that have so, such heightened depth, such um, such strong emotions of joy and happiness attached to it. But then there's all these other uh, uh, memories that exist relative to those high moments that were just like oh they you know it's almost like a sense of complacency like oh that should have like that that's of course that's happened you know the the um, the example that's coming to me is like the birth of your brother. And, and those memories coming back, it's just like, oh, it's happened. Um, and so the question here, I guess, and this is, <laughs> I'm probably trying to articulate it is, you know, how do we go through our life? And maybe how do you go through your life now with all these memories that take place and having that sense of gratitude, that really strong sense of gratitude um, and actually feeling connected to that strong sense of gratitude um, and joy and happiness that come from even the smallest moments in our life. Um, because I think yeah. there's so many of those that fly by uh, day to day and we kind of don't recognize it, don't cherish it as much as we could have or should have. Um, it's something that I'm learning as well. Like even like as both of you had your little um, dialogue there, like I'm kind of connecting to that and realizing that, yeah, you know, Shanaka, when you were saying that either you're going to pass away or the people around you are going to pass away one way or another, one of them are coming first. Um, and it's almost like that um, kind of hits you in the face. <laughs> um, it's the same thing. Yeah, it's the same thing. One, one of the two yeah. is definitely going to happen. Um, it's just which one yeah. happens first. Um, but at the end of the day, the outcome is the same. Like you are going to be separated and it's not permanent. So 
Um, I'm wondering, like, yeah, how do you feel connected to even the smaller, smaller moments that now take place um, in spite of, you know, all that has happened in your life up to date? Uh, I, was, I was having a conversation about death, as I mentioned before, last night um, with my partner, Ariba and, and one of my best mates, Louis. And one of the things uh, Louis brought up is just as an exercise of contemplation, if you asked yourself, well, if you told yourself that you're about, you were going to die in 10 years time and, and you really sat with that and accepted it, accepted that as fact, what would you change in how you live your life? Right. Um, so as an example, I, I would probably spend less time having petty arguments with people I care about just as an example. Mm. Yeah. Um, okay. What, what, what about if it was a year? What if you had certainty that this was all going to end in a year? Would there be anything that you change in how you live your life? And usually people will bring up something to do with relationships, something to do with uh, doing something that was more meaningful, having a better impact, whatever their flavor of it is, it carries a similar essence and it's living life to a fuller depth, I, I would say, right? And you keep you keep bringing that back. What, what if it was a month? Yeah. You, you wouldn't waste a single conversation with someone you cared about. You, you, would, you wouldn't because you only have a limited amount of time with them. What if it was a day? What would you do? And I think if you get to the point where what if it was in the next moment you knew it was all going to end? I think the only answer that's left at that point is there's nothing to do but to take it all in as fully as you possibly can, mm. right? And just realize I'm alive and the best thing I can do is to appreciate that fact mm. and to be grateful of all of it because one day it won't be here. Mm. and then if you can carry if, if you can get to that point and, and have that experience I think the goal is to carry that sense of uh, presence as best as you can mm. for as long as you can for as much of life as you can and, and live life in that in that manner to the best of your ability because then on those last few breaths of your life you can look back and say you did it you did it the best you could. Mm. You had a red hot crack at it. You took as much of it in as you possibly could. Yeah. What more is there to do, right? Mm. Um, so I think it's presence. And mm. I think when you, when you meet someone who just carries that sense of presence, like they're with you fully, right? You can see that that's someone who appreciates life. Mm. There's, mm. A, there's a certain zest in, in their energy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's when you're when you're talking about that, I don't know if you've heard of um, I think it's called like anti-visualization. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of that tool. It's like you know no. how when we do our meditation practices, you've got visualization where you're sort of um, visualizing a state of the world in like three, five, ten years away. And yeah, um, it's the Dickens process. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're kind of like forward forward thinking. And so this is actually taken, uh, I heard about it from a mate called Anesh. Uh, Mank, you might know Anish. Um, he, Anish, yeah. I mean, you you know Anish. And <laughs> <laughs> um, he 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 does this thing. I don't know if he still does it now. It's um, anti visualization. So it's almost like you're imagining that state of the world that you don't want at all. And if you do it, yeah, if, you, yeah. if you do it correctly, and it should generate like a near panic res uh, yeah. response. Um, 
And I think that's a wonderful tool to kind of ground you and make you appreciate the people that are around you. It was just a small comment. And yeah, um, one one question I had, Shinaka, yeah. on, based on what you said, and I think like everything in in life is kind of a is is a balance. And I think like, and I was having this conversation with a with a friend of ours, um, you know, just a couple of weeks back around, you know, I mean, for example, if I knew I was gonna die next year i would sort of drop everything i'd quit my job i'd like you know i would definitely like start like doing other things but i feel like i feel like there definitely needs to be some sort of like balance and i think like of that whole balance of living in the moment like i think like you know if i would if i knew i was going to pass away next year then obviously living in the moment is definitely going to be definitely a top priority i guess my question is how do you balance like you know living in the moment and and, yeah. and that, that idea with the pragmatism of you know like the the, the pragmatism of the effects yeah. that that can that can have on you yeah I, I i think that the realism is a very important part mm. of the idealism and even even with the exercise so asking the question of if you knew you were going to die in a year isn't so much to change the external circumstances around your life it's it's not the purpose isn't mm. quite that it's more to help you reflect on the way you interact with all the external gotcha. circumstances of your life and and perhaps give you the chance to see that you could gotcha. do it more fully yeah um because we don't know we're mm. going to die in a yeah. year ultimately uh, and, and we flip it back to that eventually in the exercise but the idea is if we were okay you might quit your job, but the reason you would do that is because you mm. want more freedom. And and that's the core reason mm. behind that, right? Or maybe you want to spend more time with people you care about. And, mm. and that's actually the core reason. And then when you get to those cores, you don't need to mm. do any of those other things. You don't need to quit your job mm. or spend all your money. What you truly want is to have more quality time with mm. the people you care about. Uh, what you truly want is to do things that, feel more mm. you know liberating um that, that mm. feel more meaningful and you don't need to give anything up actually to, to do those things um you can you can anyone can live a meaningful life at any point in time because we we get to define meaning that's the privilege yeah. of being a human being you know, we 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 prescribe that onto the things that we care about and that's that's yeah. an opportunity we all have yeah. I'm just processing it all. This is funny. A... <laughs> uh, that is, a... <laughs> yeah. Now, I, as you were sharing, Shanaka, I was just thinking of all like the things that I kind of idolize, or you know, wanting to pack my bags and go overseas and travel. And I enjoy the job that I'm in yeah. at the moment. And but who doesn't like freedom? And who doesn't like you know wanting to travel and explore new things? So yeah, I'm I'm thinking about you know how how I can create that in my own life and. Outside of full time, because that that I don't think is gonna ever go away. Like that's, I mean, uh, probably this probably goes into a whole entire discussion around. Um, depends on your perspective and depends on the life you want to create for yourself. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 processing. I feel like one of the things yeah. I hold dearly to myself is like this idea of. I can only think of it in the context of travel, but you can think of it in different contexts as well. But 
if you get the chance to travel in your 20s and you know get to explore the world different cultures different people different ways of thinking the things you learn from those experiences guide you into your 30s 40s and 50s that's not that's not to say that when you do it when you're 30 or 35 that's not going to guide you into your 40s yeah. or 50s but i'm always attached to this thought of like i really want to try and explore myself to my full depth and being able to explore in those ideas or those experiences in my 20s will really help me shape creating a meaningful 30s 40s and 50s um so yeah i don't know if that makes sense but that's kind of you know that 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 thought um pushes me into wanting to explore more things because it's like who am i who really am i what what motivates me um what can i continue to compound on and take um as i get older yeah yeah i think that's super interesting um part, part of the work we do at share tree is to explore the layers of human evolution and we found there's a real correlation between age and the cycles of evolution that we go through as human beings um so the, the evolution of needing stability needing connection needing significance needing love needing freedom uh having wisdom living with purpose all all, all these layers and the 20s are mostly uh, an, a, a deepening of what truly brings us joy. And it's a, it's a very expansive uh, stage of everyone's life usually because it's where you start to wonder and discover what is joyful to you. And, and that's why there's such an exploration mm. in, in the 20s because you're trying to figure out what, what matters, right? Um, so travel is an amazing way to have such perspective and have such diversity in the mm. people that you meet and you start to discover, oh, actually there's amazing people everywhere. And there's certain things I like about people everywhere and certain things I don't. And then you start to discover that for yourself in, in that type of way. Uh, for, for me, it was doing lots of different things. Um, you know, I started so many different businesses. I tried mm. so many different types of ways of living. Uh, living on my own, living with my parents, living with friends, living in different areas, uh, different hobbies, mm. different activities. And I think it's that discovery sort of phase of your life. Yeah. Um, you mentioned um, ShareTree there, Shadaka. That's a, that's a really good sort of, I guess, avenue to to um, go down as well. One of the things that Sunny and I, one of the things that we've realized throughout our, our journey with Bottled Up is that you know, I guess like our people who are who have experienced mental health challenges and people who are leaders in this space have had so have had a lot of experiences with mental health in the past. And, and I think with yourself, um, Shanaki, you mentioned how you, you you had anxiety, you lost your brother, dealing with that loss and that and that, and that adversity. And but um, in, in terms of your your experience at ShareTree, you know, I feel from what I, and I've done a bit of reading and been done a bit of research about it. I mean, it, I think the, one of the key values of ShareTree is creating a community. And I think that's such an that's an important element, particularly when, you know, when, I guess when, when when shit hits the fan in, in in one's life. I guess like having that community around you is 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 super important. Yeah. I think ShareTree is re- is a is a really big, I guess, enabler of that. And one thing I love about ShareTree is like the the um the the I think it's the, it's the kudos or like the um the recognition of other people's personality traits. And I guess, like you know, I know I've given you, I've given a little bit of a of a, a summary of what ShareTree is about. But I guess, like you know, how did you get to the job? Um, and I guess, like you know, what's like the key and, and sort of what in particular about ShareTree that you know made you want to join? 
Yeah, it's, it's a really good question. Um, I, I think there's certain defining moments in everyone's life. And I think for me, once I really started to pick myself up from a lot of the challenges I went through, um, it's, I, I just became a bit more present to people who had worked through certain challenges in their own life and had come to such a place of clarity that they were doing something deeply meaningful with uh, the wisdom of those experiences. Uh, and, uh, you know, something like Bottled Up is a really good example of that, right? It's like you're giving people a platform to, to share certain stories and experiences in a way that other people get to listen to that. Like, and, and that's super meaningful, right? And, and so I think uh, the more I learn about my own journey, the more I can appreciate those who are living that. So I actually happened to meet the founder um, at, at this event uh, the startup event and he, he gave this speech speaking about where he basically gave everyone um a, a character quality oh, card yeah, nice. and he just let people pick a random card and you know there's 120 qualities and i i got the card hope right that was the card i got and he was like look i want everyone to take a moment to read that card and read it in a way where you just feel what it means to you and you can keep the card and i was reading it and i was like this thing is like speaking mm, to my soul. Yeah. Like this is like the exact quality that I just yeah. <laughs> needed to read today. Serendipitous. Yeah. Um, and I was like, yeah, crazy. Yeah. And the, the way he spoke as well, I was like, okay, this guy knows and has figured something out mm -hmm. that I don't. <laughs> uh, and I, I just want to learn more about it. So I, I caught up with him. We actually became really, really good friends. And um there was a point where I decided to take, take a bit of a different direction in my career. I wanted to do something that felt mm. more uh, fulfilling. And about a week or two later, we just happened to be chatting. And I mentioned that and he um, said, we'd love to have you on board. Uh, we, mm. We'd love to have your story and, and your experience with students and stuff like that. So I joined ShareTree um, and, and yeah, it's been one of the most exciting things I've done for myself professionally, to be honest. Uh, in, in a snapshot, what they do, um, is they recognize that at the heart of all things yeah. are people, right? And you know, when, when we speak about amazing organizations, what's, what's at the heart mm. of that? It's people. Mm. Uh, what's at the heart of anything that's meaningful to you? Mm. It's people. And what's at the heart of people? It's the quality of their character. Uh, you know, if, if I asked either of you to, to think of someone who's really impactful to you in your own life, and then what it is about them that has mm. made them so impactful to you in your own life. We can just do it as a quick exercise. Yeah. Um, my aunt, who, who's someone who's oh. really impactful We're to you in your life. We're on the spot here, Shanaka. Um, okay, I'm okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a bit of a, I might take a different bit of a different spin on things. Um, I, 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 I won't, I won't Perfect. say anyone in my close family and friends. I think I feel like there's so many people that I would love to, that, that, that have, you know, have, have shaped who I am. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I won't say my close family and friends. I think you, they, they know who they are. Avoid the controversy. Uh, of that. Uh, avoid the controversy. Of that I, I'll say, um, I think Sunny, I've, I've spoken to you about this. I, th I actually think it's, um, Roger Federer, actually. I feel like it's, just, it's actually a, a professional sportsman that, um, that's given me uh, awesome. a lot of that's kind of shaped who I am. I mean, like he's a, he's a tennis player. He's taught me a lot of different qualities around resilience. Um, about you know, I think tennis is a game of you know focusing on the next point, not worrying about what's happened in the past, um, and, and, and attachment and being attachment. like being very very present. I think you know there was, there was some stuff that happened in my 
in, in sort of my childhood and I guess Federer was like a really, really awesome distraction for me as well. So um, it also taught me about, you know, um, you know, finding, I guess, like your, your outlet outside of, uh, outside of your, uh, the adversity in your own life. So yeah, I think that, that, that that's mine. I'm hopefully, hopefully that's a, that's an answer you can use, but I think that's, yeah, I think he'd be an individual that um, that's yeah. influenced me the most. Very well said. What about you, Sonny? I'll take a similar route. Um, uh, there's obviously a lot of friends, but I think probably the one that's most impactful for me is my mum. I think. Um, I think a lot of people love their mum. Uh, I I definitely do, and uh, you know it's it's a reflection of like unconditional love. Um, she's been through quite a bit. I'm a single like I live with a single parent, so just mum uh, and my younger brother. Um, I think she really shows me what the potential is for a human to do you know, in, in, in spite of all the adversity that can take place. And um, I, I, as I grow old, I realize yeah. all the sacrifices she's made, um, all the different things she's kind of done without, you know, having gloated it, you know, it's, it's yeah. just those unconditional moments. Um, so I think I've, I've definitely taken a bigger appreciation for that, but I think it's also taught me the potential for a human to achieve um, in spite of any of the setbacks that take place in life. How about you? That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, how about you? Uh, it's a, a three-way thing, mate. Three-way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't, can't avoid it. I, I think I'd, I think I'd say both my parents. Um, yeah, I think it's the older mm. I get, the deeper I appreciate. Sacrifice is a word that resonates with me as well, Sonny. Uh, like the amount they've given up for me, right? That that's mind-blowing to me um the the amount of dedication mm. my dad's put into his work like doing night shifts for like 20 30 years um i'm like i can't believe that to be honest uh the devotion my mum's shown mm. uh to such little things to give me this kind of life i've had it's, it's like amazing and i think th the reason i asked the question is when we think of someone who's had an impact on us what we always speak to is their character you know, Mike, you, mm. you spoke of his perseverance and his mm. ability to detach. Uh, Sonny, you spoke of the sacrifice and the love that your mom's shown and the devotion she's mm. shown to you and your sister. Uh, and what we always speak to is the qualities of their character that make them who they are. And I think the wisdom is we can only recognize that because we know that's potential that exists within us as well, right? Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to see it. So Share Tree is all about helping people to understand that mm. what unites every human being on this planet are the qualities of their character. There's no quality that exists in someone that we mm. can't embody as well, right? So what unifies all of us is character and communities and cultures are simply the collective character of the individuals in action. Uh, and, and, and the more we can highlight and, and bring to awareness, you know, the unique strengths mm. of each of our characters the more we can learn to use that, yeah. the collective good. Uh, so that, that's our, that's a really what our purpose is aligned to and helping people to understand their own character and mm. in turn, helping to activate communities in a way that mm. benefits the planet. And, and that's like, that's, that's like a really, like a, it's a very powerful idea. And particularly like within, you know, within the context of workplaces as well, I think like we, and, and also in life in general, I feel like there's not enough, like, I mean, obviously we've got social media, we've got Facebook, Instagram, um, TikTok, which give you gratification for the stuff that you, that you post, but there's no real metric or there's no real, like, even in, in a, in a workplace setting, 
there's no real like recognition or metric that judges you on your character there's i I don't think there's anything there's no metric that sort of measures that and i think like that is a definite gap in like workplace um i guess like workplace um performance metrics from a social media perspective there's no real like i mean there's even like you can even give strava Mm. kudos for like people's like running abilities but there's nothing on someone's character which i think this is like this is a very unique like idea that i've that i've heard of and i haven't um haven't heard about this from like from, from anyone else so so i actually yeah. we have been chatting for, for for a while shanak and, I, and i've enjoyed sunny and i i think i can speak for both of us we've really enjoyed um the time that we've had with you um you sp- i think we've spoken about so many different topics and i think one thing that we haven't um i think one thing that we did talk talk about was the idea of time and i think like you know the fact that you've donated your time here to share your own story um it's a two-way street mate so i think I think the real benefit of this platform is getting people like you coming on, mate. So, um, like, you know, I think this is a, it's super brave and we're super, super grateful for you to come on and, and share your own story. Cause I think it's, you know, um, you know, we, we can, we'll never, ever, ever be, um, we'll never take that for granted. So, um, thank you so much for, for joining us and thank you so much for, for, for sharing your story and, and donating an hour of your time to chat with us. No, well, I think and that's it from me, uh, Sunny. I'm not sure if you have anything else to, to add, or Shanaka, if you wanted to, um, if you found anything else to add. But um, yeah, again, super appreciative of you coming on, and um, yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to a part two. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, me, me too, firstly. But um, thanks so much to both of you, my aunt and Sunny, for uh, taking the initiative to do something like this. I, I think it's like such an amazing thing. Um, on, on a topic I think is really important, right? I think bottled up as a name just stood out for me for a really long time because it just connected to something I knew was true mm. for me. Uh, and I think it's mm. true for almost everyone. To, to some degree, people bottle things up. And I think having a space where people come on and, and share their journey, one gives them the ability to open that bottle a little bit but it shows other people it's okay to do that. And actually it's really powerful to do that. So like you, you guys are doing amazing stuff and it's a privilege to meet both of you and, and see the passion that you guys have and, and the empathy that you both give in, in this kind of environment. So yeah, thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Um, we'd love to be back on at some point as well. That's awesome. Goes two ways. I think all, all three of us thanks. need a greasy HSP to connect at some stage. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 100%. 100%. Down in Airport West, next to Minaz is uh, when Sh- when Shanaka's lifting up, we're lifting 190 kilos. Yeah. Is it Airport West? Is that where it is? <laughs> yeah, it's nice. Airport right. West. Yeah. We'll finish with a little pump and click. And <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, boom. And that's a wrap for this episode. If you are enjoying our conversations, please help us out with a quick rate and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. All the conversations are recorded in video, so check us out on Instagram and Facebook at our handle at BottledUpPods. Drop us a comment or a message if any of these conversations resonate with you. And most importantly, please share this podcast with anyone who might need it. So as always, this is Bottled Up. Thanks for being part of our family and see you next time.